The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O God. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. If you ask the uh, children here about the Holy Trinity, they would say that uh, we believe in one God and three persons. Uh, they would have, and they would get the, uh, they would respond correctly. There is only one God, but in God there are three uh, persons. In God there is an inner life communion of persons. This Trinity Sunday is uh, always the greatest, uh, uh, I say it's a there's probably more heresy spoken today and in, the, in the church on this Sunday because we try to talk about the greatest mystery um, of our faith. And we try to explain it in, in uh, rational uh, terms through images. But actually, uh, we need God to help us to understand who He is, who God is. Um, I asked the seminarians to say, what is partialism? Um, they might be able to know that, maybe they study that. Um, partialism means that, uh, some, that's a heresy, by the way, it means that uh, uh, it's like an egg. There's a shell, there's a the yellow yolk, and there's a white, an egg white. And that's not an adequate way of um, describing the Trinity. God is not broken up into parts. Uh, there are not three parts to God. There is one God. And the Catechism says that to us that each person of the Trinity is whole and entirely God. So that's uh, hard for us to get in mind. Now there's three persons, but each person is wholly and entirely God. There's other heresies called modalism or tritheism. Even the image of the shamrock is not an exact image. It has as a way of perhaps using an image to say there's one shamrock and three leaves, three three petals to it. But there is uh, there is uh, even even this is not a way of adequately de de describing uh, the Trinity. What can I say about God? Uh, maybe little today through description. Uh, what can we say ourselves much much through divine help through through faith. Jesus said, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own. Now let's see if we can kind of see, um, try to understand the Holy Trinity through the scriptures first. First of all, there is no reference to the word Trinity anywhere in the Bible, but we all Christians believe in it. Uh, there is no um, explicit, it's not, the Trinity is not in the Old Testament. Although we can 
kind of see where at the beginning of creation there was wisdom, the wisdom of God, and wisdom is often personified as a person. So it's interesting that the first reading today from Proverbs is really beautiful. Uh, it begins, thus says the wisdom of God, as the wisdom can speak. The Lord possessed me <coughs> the beginning of his ways, the forerunner of his prodigies, prodigies of long ago. Like, before there was the creation, wisdom was there. Um, from old I was poured forth at the first before the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains or springs of water, before the mountains were settled into place, before the hills I was brought forth. While as yet the earth and fields were not made, nor the clods of the world. When the Lord established the heavens, I was there. When he marked out the vault over the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he fixed fast the foundations of the earth, when he set for the sea its limits, so that the water should not transgress his command, then was I beside him as his craftsman. That's a beautiful thing to think about. God is like the architect. And really the craftsman, you can say, well, that must be Jesus who's, who is, everything is created through him. Everything is created through him. God has the plan. Jesus executes the will of the Father. And in the light that's put in the creation, you can say, okay, maybe that's the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, they would have never gotten that because they didn't have the help of the Holy Spirit to understand the great revelation of the Trinity. And Jesus had to say things like, uh, I and the Father are one. You have seen me, you have seen the Father. This is the New Testament. The last phrase of the book of Proverbs is, is wonderful too in this, uh, in this reading for today. Then I was beside him as his craftsman, and I was his delight day by day, playing before him all the while, playing on the surface of the earth. And Jesus playing on the surface of the earth. It is great him. And I found delight in the human race. Beautiful. But, uh, uh, we can kind of say, but no, we can't understand the Trinity of the Old Testament. We can kind of look from forward and then maybe backwards. But we actually need God, Christ to reveal it to us in the Holy Spirit to help us understand the deeper history. This is what the Catechism teaches us. That there is one God, three persons. That the Trinity is one substance, when I say nature and essence, is not three gods. And each divine person is God whole and entire. Each divine person is also distinct from the other. Jesus is not the Father. And the Father is not the Son, and the Son of the Father is not the Holy Spirit. So even though there's distinctions, as a Trinity, we use person to describe that there's distinctions. Um, there's a community within one God, a communion of persons who are God, one God. It requires great faith, which is produced in us also through the Holy Spirit. Faith is a gift. What we can focus on today is that we were baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were baptized in the name, not in the names of three people, three gods, in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can think about the three persons in communion, in a unity, which is God. We can say there's no grasping of the persons for power, there's no competition, rivalry. There is no envy, no jealousy. We can see the perfect order 
that God is not solitary, alone in himself. Now, this is, a lot of this is leaving way up there. That God is not alone in himself. That God is truly happy because God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are called to live in communion with God in the unity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One way to do that is to, just to accept that I don't understand everything, but I do believe in God. There's a humility there. In fact, there's a humility within God. If you look at kind of the idea that the Catechism says that the Holy Spirit never speaks of Himself. The Holy Spirit never speaks of Himself. There's a self-effacement going on. Um, and Jesus says that when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on His own and will declare to you things that are coming. The whole work of the Holy Spirit is to bring the second person of the Trinity visible to us. To help us understand the great truth. Uh, the whole thing of the God is to speak the Word. The Word becomes flesh. To let, the, to let this happen. Uh, we can kind of understand that that there's each person starts to attribute certain actions to each person, but they're all uh, active. Uh, so there is a, there's a unity and there's a communion. I like that word communion because communion means that there's a common union. There's a common union, there's nothing uh, in that common union of division. It's all about unity. So this is also the challenge for us to live in communion. What drives me nuts as a priest? Drives me crazy. When I hear people say, I can pray at home. Well, you have to pray at home. But it's, it's almost like they say, I don't have to go to church. I can pray at home. I can pray on the mountaintop. I can do all these things. I said, and I feel like saying, well, you know, um, when are you going to pray with me? You know, when are you going to be my brother and sister? When are you going to form this family, this unity, this community that God wants. Jesus founded a church, a family. God, He doesn't want to be individuals. But there's there's this attitude out there that it's all about me, that I can do it my way. It's my self-expression. I can look the way I want. I can do what I want. I don't have to worry about what other people think. If I, if I worry about what other people think, then I'm not truly being myself. Nuts. <laughs> this is individualism. There's materialism, hedonism, and all kinds of isms. But they're not good for us. But we are called to live for each other. I live with each other. And that's why the Holy Spirit is bringing the many gifts that He's given us. And each gift is given for unity. So we may be one body. The church is one body. Many members, one body, the Holy Spirit is like the soul to the body, moving us to the world. The scandal today in the world, the scandal, one of the greatest scandals, is the church herself. We're divided. There's many churches, many sects, many types of Christianity. Some are good. There's good in many, in many things. We look for truth. But the Holy Spirit is the one who wants us to bring us into a unity the same as the unity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit brings into the unity as well. Pope John Paul II, uh, reflecting on the, the Second Vatican Council and the, the 
decree on ecumenism. Uh, and ecumenism, as I said before here, it's not you communism. You know, you come in and join us in Catholics and we'll be happy, but you're outside now. That's not ecumenism. Ecumenism is basically the movement of the spirit that we may be ut unum sint, which is the Latin for that we may be one, as Jesus prayed, and see in the Father at one. So ecumenism involves an ecumenical outlook, a way of seeing about unity, about communion, not about the individual say, I'm Catholic, I'm right, you're wrong, get out of my face. That's not the uh, the ecumenical um, that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. The, uh, the Holy Father, John Paul II, wrote that first we must see ourselves as partners in dialogue. Partners in dialogue. We're searching for truth together. We should see the other person, the other person not as the other, but perhaps as a brother, sister. And what should we talk about? Not so, so much about who is right and who is wrong. But we should have a dialogue about conversion. I'm a sinner. I need God's grace. And perhaps my sins have caused problems in your life. It's interesting that John Paul II asked forgiveness uh, to other peoples, the sins of the church, through time. And the church is always trying to look perfect, pristine. This is the church founded by Jesus Christ. But the heart of the church, the Holy Spirit is moving us outside of these nice little comfort zones that go out and try to bring that communion which is possible. That based on the unity of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is love. And the world will know that we are Christians by our love. Now, I know our seminaries have all the answers. Right? They're smart, they go out and learn all the theology. And we're trying to form them to be shepherds after the heart of Jesus, to know that law, how to deal with it, and love that Christ would deal with others in the world, uh, and bring them into that communion with the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, brothers and sisters, let's pray today for the unity of the church, let's pray for the unity of our families, and let's pray that we may be instruments of the Holy Spirit, bringing others in the communion of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.